Uh, hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Jenny. And this is End the Nominees Were, a podcast where we are going to watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. We've been doing a lot of it this week. Yeah, we're we're just running through these silent films. It's honestly, it's kind of it's kind of easy to watch so many of. It. It's almost is it, like is well, it? it's I mean, it's getting to be a little weary, but it, I I feel like it's almost like uh, if we went more than two days between silent films, it would be like it would give us enough time for me to be like, I don't feel like... Then I would have to get back in the mood to watch a silent movie, you right. know? So now I'm in the mood where, you know, we're doing them all in a row. Um, so today we are talking about The Racket. The Racket. Uh, I fell asleep during this movie. I did not. I got I got close. I did. Yeah. Actually, I didn't fall asleep asleep. I understood what was happening. <laughs> Cops and robbers. Yeah, this is a this is a very basic story, but it's one that you you would continue to see a lot in a lot of movies to come. I feel like this is this is almost uh, an an urtext of gangster movies or crime yeah. movies in a mm-hmm. way. It tells the story of uh, Captain uh, McQuig. McQuig, yeah. McQuig, played by Thomas Meehan. Uh, he is uh, an upstanding copper. He upholds the law. And he's got uh, this uh, weird relationship with Nick Scarcy. Fun fact about the uh, the actor Louis Walheim. Okay. Uh, he was before he became an actor. He was a, a among other things a mathematics professor at a college who spoke five languages or something like that. He was a very huh. uh, learned man who uh, just played football in college and got his face smashed in ah. uh, from those old-fashioned helmets. Mm-hmm. And then, so he got that uh, that crazy nose. Yeah, he looks like a gangster. He does. He's got a wonderful face. His face is just, like, flat. Yeah, it's wild. And he's got this, this nose. Yeah. Like, it has an entire shape to it, but it's just, like, in his body. Right. And it's, and it's crazy. And, uh, it's like, supposedly he was friends with... I think uh, John Barrymore, one of the Barrymore, one of the stage actor Barrymores, mm-hmm. uh, who said, uh, you know, with like with a face like yours, you could make a mint in Hollywood. And so he became an actor. He okay. had never been an actor before, <laughs> but he just had a good face for it. Uh, and Nick Scarzi, he's your uh, he's your stereotypical crime boss. He's involved in all the crime and bootlegging, and he's uh, hanging out in a speakeasy with yeah. his brother. He's got a brother who's trying to make it go straight. Right, his brother's, but his brother's a just boy. obsessed his brother's with. His name is Joe. Yeah. I think. Uh, this is a plot like straight out of uh, Johnny Dangerously, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And there's a singer girl at the club named mm-hmm. Helen, who presumably wants some money and stuff. So she comes over to be like, "Hey, what's up?" And Nick's like, no, I got this girl away. She's a gold digger. Yeah. And Girls push- are poison to me. Yeah, women are poison, he keeps saying. Mm-hmm. And But Joe's into her. Yep. Oh, we should and say. And she's like, and she's like, he called me a gold digger. Well, I'll dig to the bottom or something. Yeah, I don't think that's exactly what like she that. says, but I hope it is. Because uh, we should mention boss. Um, Quig gets uh, wind of some dirty dealings with Nick. And Nick has enough pull with the uh, with the government to get uh, him sent out to the boonies, yeah, out to the edge of the city. Yep. Uh, but that's where shit then goes down. Then Joe's involved in a hit and run, right? And he gets him in there, and then uh, they get uh, Nick for uh, murdering a cop, yep. just because the cop is like, "You can't do anything about it. Your kid's staying in jail," and right. he just shoots him because yep. he's him mad at, back. yeah, yeah. Like a real man. Yeah, nope. and it's all this he sort sucks. of... sucks. Nick sucks. Well, of course, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's all this sort of melodramatic stuff. Uh, the plot's very basic, but it keeps moving. That's true. I really appreciate that. I feel like every ten minutes or so, it's almost like a little different mini-movie, you know? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of slow. Okay. Because the story was so basic and like you knew where it was going to go most of the time, I think that's why... I felt like it was a little bit slow, and that's why I got sleepy. Mm-hmm. Because it would be like, oh, you know, well, uh, well, he did this crime, and and they don't know who he is, but but Mac knows that you know that it's Joe, that it's Nick's brother, and so he's gonna book him. But who's gonna testify? Is this kid gonna testify? How is this gonna happen? You know, and it's like, 
it's like I know what's happening. It seemed like it, I I don't know. I felt like all of the twists were being yelled at me. Not literally. I don't think that necessarily the construction of the story is bad. Mm-hmm. But um, but I found it like diverting. I felt I found it diverting in the way that like a noir movie would be. Well. I, I think a lot of noir movies have more to them than this movie. I right. Uh, yeah, this this movie, it's sort of... It's it's mostly pretty basically shot. Yeah. It's kind of flat. There are some interesting things, especially the beginning. The very first sequence in this movie is like a bunch of gangsters uh, stationed in windows all around the street scene and... Uh, and they're all sort of watching uh, McQuig as he like uh, patrols the streets, and you know they get the signal to take a shot at him and stuff. And the whole sequence was pretty cool like, because oh, like it is. I couldn't figure out what was happening. Yeah, the thing. yeah. That like the very first shot of the movie is like from their perspective. Like they open the shutters and you see this whole street scene uh, out before you, and uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they, like, fire a warning shot at him, mm-hmm. and then Nick is, like, right there to be like, hey, mm-hmm. why don't you give up your racket? And he's yeah. like, why don't you give up your racket? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and then uh, and then the movie starts. I was like... Yeah. And, but, like, at this point, I genuinely didn't know who was the bad guy. I was just like, oh, are they both gangsters? Well, I okay, feel like that's, that's... I feel like that's the idea at the very right. beginning. And then you see them going about their lives, and then you're like, oh, he's the cop. I right. get it. exactly. Yeah, so it's a little... You know, it's... But, like, and it also seems at first like he might be a dirty cop, because mm-hmm. Nick keeps, like, inviting him to Joe's birthday party. Yeah. And he's like, sure, yeah, but, yeah, I'll Yeah, then it seems but, like he's like, the only not dirty cop. Right. Exactly. Which just pisses Nick off. He's yep. like, just be dirty like everybody else. Come on, God. <laughs> yeah. But I I appreciated uh, this movie for what it was. You know, it's it doesn't have the depth of a lot of movies that will come after it, but it it really set the, the groundwork for a movie like Heat, you know, which that's okay. sort of like, you know, like um, it's become a cliche at this point. The... Uh, the cop who's obsessed with getting the the criminal, the one particular criminal, right? Uh, the you know his white whale kind of thing, yeah. Uh, and, and also you know the cop who's not that different from the criminal, you know they share, right? And right. this movie sort of hints at those things, but it just doesn't have the the ability to go in depth. I think that's fair. I think it comes up too because um, you know because Helen says something. Uh, towards the end of the movie, after well, after the, everything shakes out, it's mm-hmm. like uh, you know Nick shoots this cop in the back, and he's like, "Whatever, I'm gonna be out of jail because uh, because of my friends in the organization." Mm-hmm. Because like you know, the whole idea is that um, if somebody is being elected to, I think it's I think it's the district attorney or something like that, but somebody is being mm-hmm. elected to something, and um, and he's like, "Yeah, my." Uh, you know, you take care of me, and my wards will vote for you, and mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's all that. It's yeah. it's all that jazz. But nobody's really the winner because they are gonna hang him out to dry because they're like, oh well, it's gonna look bad for us if this guy killed a cop and we support him, and mm-hmm. so so everybody's double crossing each other at the end. Yeah. And uh, and it turns out like you know these guys come in and they're like, yeah, we set up this escape for you, but then when he goes for the escape, they shoot him so yeah. that they'll look like they caught the criminal, <laughs> and like it's it's very yeah, it's very in line with all of those like. Uh, like, you know, because this is my context, because I'm sure there's a ton, ton, ton of them. Mm-hmm. But my context is your corrupt mo- uh, L.A. movies, like yeah. L.A. Confidential, like mm-hmm. Chinatown and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? it's got, yeah, it's got, definitely has shades of that, but it doesn't, it doesn't go into the detail that, you know, a Chinatown or L.A. Confidential does. Right. And, oh, uh, what I was getting at, though, is that when, you know, they, they go and they shoot Nick, uh, Helen's like, you know, uh, so, uh, well, even before that, she's like, so you guys were willing to just kill this policeman so that you could get at each other's throats. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and that's, that's, that's what it is. It's like, these guys are, they're obsessed with each other, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have and that's to- the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the whole movie. Um, you know, I do, I... 
I like the idea of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it does it it does move along. I think at a quick pace, even though by the end you're like, all right, I get it. I felt like it was long, and it's it's only like eighty minutes. Is too. it really yeah. okay? But I I feel like this movie is worthwhile today, mostly for the way it presages your more modern crime movies. Okay. I feel like this is. I feel like this feels like the origin for a lot of tropes you see uh, mm. well into today's movies. Um, but you're not going to get the same sort of enjoyment out of this as you would um, from a more artistic movie uh, from the day. Um, okay. Like Seventh Heaven or, or Sunrise. I think it's interesting that this movie was nominated for best picture you know obviously we're watching the nominees and we're trying to watch a couple movies outside of that to try to get some context but we really don't know what the average movie going experience was like right uh but this movie seems an awful lot like it would just be par for the course for movies like this although we don't know maybe yeah. it was really exciting well, maybe it's yeah, the exactly. first crime this, movie well it definitely wasn't the first crime movie okay. um, no it, uh, I didn't know <laughs> it seemed like a silly to... statement as I was saying it so that's fine <laughs> yeah. I mean uh, it, it is it's, it is sort of um, in the early wave of uh, gangster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's only a couple years before Scarface. Um, yeah, this this definitely isn't the first crime movie or the first gangster movie, but uh, it is a very early one. But yeah, uh, looking back at this movie now, it's kind of it's uh, we're never really going to know why this seemed like it was one of the six best pictures of the year, right? It's and it's hard for us to to say not having seen all know, of, all of these movies. Yeah. You know, there's so many movies come out. Uh, maybe there just weren't a ton of crime movies. I know it certainly wasn't the first, but maybe it was you know kind of novel. Um, but it, uh, at the same time, I don't think it's bad. And the like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the uh, Pyrrhic? Is that the word I'm looking for? Like a Pyrrhic victory? Yeah. Uh, it has that quality to to the ending. Like, you we know? won, but at what cost? That right. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, uh, you know, McQuig, uh, he beats uh, Scarzy, but, but not really. Like, he's dead, so he's not a problem anymore. But the organization, the whole racket is still in place. You know? Yeah, you know, actually, that reminds me that I, I didn't really think about it. I, I really liked, the you know, the last scene or so in this movie because... I you know as as much as this movie felt like it dragged a bit, I almost wish that scene was a little uh, earlier in the film, or or like they went into more detail on that scene because that's where McQuig learns that like yeah he can finally get Scarcy, but he's just one part of this this huge like tentacle thing right. that's got his hands in every part of the local government, and he's not going to be able to stop that, especially now. That Scarcy is dead. Yeah, uh, and I feel like they don't quite dwell on that. Like that's something that they would definitely, you know, harp on in a in a later version of this type yeah. of movie. But I feel like in this in this one, it's thrown in like at the end for you to think about afterwards. To yeah. be like, oh well, he got the guy, but he didn't really mm-hmm. get the problem. You know, like he's still gonna have to keep fighting the problem. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So. The, yeah. This this is a movie that. It's not as, oh, well, I was going to say just, it's not as cynical as something like The Crowd, but yeah. it has that same kind of tone to it. Yeah, and I, and I feel like this is a movie that uh, that often hints at subtext, but is not really interested in exploring it. It rather just, like, just does the plot sort of straight ahead. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that's not, like, there for you to pick apart. It's not like a, like, I do feel like there is some substance to this story. It's just that the film is maybe leaving it up to you rather than exploring it. Right. Uh, which I think is is interesting. And, like, for example, I also... I think that Helen is an interesting character, even though she does almost nothing. Well, I think that's almost what makes her interesting. Like, Helen is... Uh, she's a dancer-singer at this speakeasy, 
and she becomes interested in uh you know the gangster's brother joe and he's obviously very interested in her and then you know they're out partying and uh he tries to make a move on her and she doesn't like it and he kicks her out, of, he the kicks car her out of the car and, and the, yep and then and, goes and, and then runs gets over in a, a lady. yeah and gets yeah. in a crash and and then you know she basically as soon as he kicked her out of the car She's done with him, which right. is, you know, what she should do, but also seems a bit unexpected for, right. for a yeah. woman to have that much agency and self-respect. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Right. No, but, it's know, true. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, she sort of uh, uh, has a run in with like a reporter who yep. uh, stumbles on this story and they they suddenly have and a rapport. Like, yeah. He's like, a, there, there are a couple of reporters in the movie. There's like these two old... Not old, but they're like older, uh, you know, jaded, uh, drunken yeah. <laughs> city guys, and this and this kid that shows up, and he's like, "I worked a whole month at the Omaha Bee," <laughs> and yeah, they're like, "Cool, yep, you go downstairs and you'll get a story." And it turns out downstairs is where they keep all the prostitutes, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, but she, and, but they get a, she gets a rapport with him. Yeah, and it, and that's because he'll like, listen to her story. Yeah, and like that's that's another sort of story that later movies would, you know, investigate a lot more. Where like you know this sort of uh, tough woman uh, suddenly falls for the the one nice guy who's never been yeah. nice to her. You know, she, no one's ever been nice to her before. And right. this is one guy who just doesn't care and doesn't know how to act around women, you know? Yep. Uh, but again, the movie only sort of hints at that sort of right. relationship. And even at the end, you know, like, um, you know, she's like, he's going to, he's going to testify because he was in the way when, uh, when Scarcy uh, shot the cop. And so mm-hmm. he got knocked out. So, but he saw him, he knew it was him. Uh, so he's going to testify and she's like, and she's really mad about it. She's trying to protect him because she's like, you guys aren't going to be able to take care of him. He's going to wind up like this cop. Yeah. And, uh, but he wants to take care of her. And like, because she was originally, she was going to testify, uh, for against Joe for the hit and run. And Mm -hmm. so they're, they're like trying to take care of each other. And then at the end, you know, he's like, Hey, you're going to come with me. And she's like, nah, I can't remember what exactly she says, but she's basically like, um, like, nah, kid, you'll have to toughen up for a dame like me. She doesn't say anything Mm. of that sort, but it's that feel. And so like, so that does nothing comes of that either. It's just kind of a thing that happens mm-hmm. for the for the like half hour that they're in the same room in the in the movie. Yeah, so I, like I feel like she uh, really doesn't serve any function to the plot besides just being the thing that sort of drives in motion. Like right. like Joe gets put in jail because she because right. they were on a date together. Oh, and um, then yeah, and then she also gets Nick to confess to shooting the cop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because um, because she gets up in his face because she's not scared of him. Mm-hmm. And and she's like, why are you picking on this kid? Me and the reporter and stuff. And he, and he was like, why did he have to get in my way? Me, you know, putting mm-hmm. himself in the, in the state, like placing yeah, himself yeah. in the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They're like, oops, you did it. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, she's like uh, a little more than a plant device. But I feel like uh, because of that, I like how much time the movie spends with her because yeah, it like it, it develops her character when it doesn't really need to strictly speaking for the story yeah uh, and so i yeah I, I think that was pretty nice and and yeah she doesn't like fall for the main either of the two main characters she's right. just kind of there in the sidelines you know? to live her life yeah like good for her mm-hmm. but yeah she's interesting and i mm-hmm. like her yeah um also, mm-hmm. it okay. never comes up. Speaking of women, um, uh, McQuig is apparently married. Yeah, you never see his wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> it never comes up no. until like the end of the movie, where I don't, I don't know, but like, where he's, I'm, he's like, I'm gonna go home and sleep, sleep with, with my, my wife. wife. Yeah, he doesn't even do that. He's <laughs> like, well, there's so much to do that then I'm not even gonna get to sleep. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna roll into mass tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Yep," yeah. because he's Irish. No, because because that was what you did at the time. Yeah, uh, but uh, it did seem like a little bit because he's Irish. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Mass in particular as a thing. Exactly. Church. Uh, 
Yep. Um. Anything? I don't know. I kind of not really. I liked. I liked a lot of little things. Um. There was, you know, there were some action scenes which mm-hmm. were like they were fine. Yeah, we didn't talk at all. Um, there was, there's like a, there's like a shootout early on yeah. in the movie between two rival gangs. Uh, one's trying to move liquor into another territory, and that's a very exciting sequence. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like quick cutaway shots and stuff. Well, I was gonna say that was one of the things where I fell asleep. I was like, oh, okay, nothing, <laughs> nothing's happening. Okay. Nothing's well, happening. Well, fine, uh, whatever. Yeah, um, but. Well, because I didn't know who anybody was, and I couldn't tell who they were from their faces. I didn't know who was in whose gang, because everything was in black and white. And so I was just like, okay, this is going to shake out the way it's going to shake out. I'll catch up with it in five minutes. So, um, and that was, yeah. But but I'm glad it was exciting. Yeah, I thought that that was uh, nice. Um, Yeah, this movie is sort of like... It's ably shot. Uh, the director, Lewis Milestone, he would go on just like uh, two years later, I think, in the 1930 Academy Awards to direct uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which won Best Picture. Okay, and which, which is, is supposed a, to be great. It's an absolute classic. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, and I feel like you see sort of... Uh, I don't know if he really has a style so much as he just was able to do a good job with a script you know uh he had a long career uh he i think one of his last movies was uh the original oceans 11 oh yeah yeah and that's okay. yeah, that was, uh yeah they had a long long uh career into the 60s a lot of the people that will be uh talking about a lot of the directors they uh it was some of these were their like first few films okay. king Vidor and loose milestone they were very early in their careers um, and so it's interesting to, to see, uh, you know, they're the first Academy Awards and you can also get to see how these directors styles evolved cause they were so young. Right. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I think this was the only Oscar this movie was up for yeah, cause apparently. there were only a, f- a few categories. Um, I think this movie, I, this movie is the hardest to see out of all of the yeah, uh, winners. It's, it's essentially almost lost. Yeah, there's only one copy of this film, apparently. I think it was in probably Howard Hughes's mm-hmm. personal archives, which is why the University of uh, Las Vegas has it. Um, and uh, it was you know, sort of restored, and they, uh, and they recorded a score for it. By a noted uh, uh, Carl Davis, he's a big, he's a good uh, silent film composer. I noticed in this score in particular, I noticed it was very character themed. Yes, he he does that a lot. But yeah, it, it was like restored, but it's still it's in really bad shape. Some of those early scenes are so scratched yeah. up, it literally looks like it's raining. It uh, might have. Been. I don't think it was. We couldn't tell. Yeah, co- yeah. honestly, couldn't tell. Yeah, it looked that bad. And it's and you know it's very hard to get a hold of the you know the copy that was shown on turner classic movies um is it worth seeking out i i think so if you're interested in this type of i think right. i think this is very valuable as like a historical document of a genre you know if, if uh you can see how crime films have evolved and you can see things from this movie that i'll echo in in a lot of later movies uh it's not fully entertaining on its own but it has its moments right um, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, should we move on to Seventh Heaven? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it to it. All right. Next up, we watched uh, Seventh Heaven, a uh, a romantic drama film directed by Frank Borzaghi. Um, it is uh, based on a play, which was based on a novel. And it is, uh, why, don't you, why don't you, uh... Well, it is set scene. in France, mm-hmm. um, in presumably the time leading up to World War One. Yeah. They never give you the time, it's, but... It's never a specific war, but I think, based on everything else, it would have to be World War One. Yeah. Um, uh, it's about, uh, Chico, who lived, who is, uh, a very remarkable fellow, as he will tell you at any opportunity. Uh, he works in the sewer, he cleans the sewer... 
Uh, but he wants to move up in the world. He wants to. He wants, he wants to, move to become up to a street. Yeah, he wants to become a street washer, Yo. so he can be with the people in the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, the first shot of the movie looks like he's just like pulling shirts out of the yeah, sewer. It's literally what it looks like. It looks like yeah, he's literally pulling shirts out of the river. Yeah, and like and a guy like uh, who it turns out later you meet him. I can't remember his name off. The, it's like Gabon. Uh, Gobin. 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 That's it. Uh. Gobin. Um, but. Uh, he, he they wind up becoming friends uh, later on, but uh, but yeah, but he's the street washer. And he's just throwing shit in the sewer, and spitting like, on them, and spitting on them, right? Not intentionally, but he's like, "You're in the sewer, get out yep. of the way." Yeah, <laughs> basically. And he's like, he's like, uh, the like the idea of this film is, and it, it has a title card right at the beginning that says this, and it's like you know. Uh, there's a ladder that reaches from the sewer to the stars, the ladder of courage, or something like that. And uh, and Chico will tell you this is true because he's not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. He's he's very proud of how he's not afraid of things. Yeah. So so yeah. So he's he's the the one mm-hmm. uh, persona stramate. Yeah, uh, uh, I, don't, all, I don't think it's the, anyway. We're but. also introduced to uh, Diane, and then there's Diane, uh, who they they just uh, they don't say as much, but uh, she and her sister are whores. Are, yeah, they're prostitutes. Uh, yeah. yeah, it took me a while to figure that out, though. Yeah, they um, they kind of just say like uh, a bad girl, or you know, I don't know. It's it's well, maybe dis- even like less clear than that. Right. Uh, the description of the movie calls her a street waif. Yeah. Um. But, uh, you know, they she and her sister live in this, like, tiny little room with a bed. Her sister's drunk all the time and beats her. And, like, they have rich relatives who show up and, like... And, it's, like, and it well, seems like the end of a movie. Like, right. yay, our, our rich people came in. Now we're just going to live happily ever after. Yep. And then he's like... Uh, you two girls have been good girls, right? You've been good right? girls, right? And, and they're like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and like her like, sister's literally twisting her arm like yeah. all the way up her back. But she, but and she can't she's, lie. Yeah, and she's like, nope, mm-hmm. because they're whores. And then he leaves um, them. Yeah. Uh, because why would you like? Right, why, why would you want to help why people? Why would you want to help people yeah. who need help? Nope, they are tarnished now. Yeah. Uh, we can't show them off. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and so but so her sister goes crazy and tries to kill her in the street, and Chico saves mm-hmm. her life, and that's how these kids meet cute. Yeah. Uh, even though he doesn't care because yeah, he's like he's kind this. of a jerk at the beginning. Yeah, right. He's like at this. He's like, look at this this dumb creature who. Why mm-hmm. did I bother to save her life? What is she gonna do with yeah. it? Uh, and, yeah, and and like uh, for you know complicated reasons, uh, uh, she has well, to pretend to be his wife. This uh, well, that's when I figured out that she was a prostitute because the cops uh-huh. show up with her sister and a bunch of other women. Because I remember at first I just mm. saw her sister and I was like, are they arresting them for being poor? Yes. And you're like, yeah, that's just how they did things at the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but her sister's like, well, take her. She's just as bad as I am. And that's what I was like, ah, I see. They're prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes like, no, this is my wife. And the cops are like, well... We're gonna come back and check on that. So where's what's your address? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they write it down, and he's like, and he's like, no, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. Oh, because he because he has been complaining after he saves her life. You know that he's an atheist because he gave God two chances where he spent uh, ten francs uh, lighting candles, asking for an appointment as a street washer and a wife with yellow hair. And the priest shows up and is like, well, I can't do anything about a wife, but here you go. You can be a street washer. And now he's like, I'm going to lose this job <laughs> because because I lied to the police. This is a very thorough summary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Movie. I just think it's so silly. But I'm, I'm, but I'm, but after this, this is just because there's so much business at the beginning. Yeah. You know, it's the, this is an interesting an interestingly plotted movie, I guess, uh, I think, because uh like more than the first hour of the film is like two days, I think. Well, no, I think it's probably longer than that. They have time to like hang out and like. Mm-hmm. Well, know, I, like I, each I, other. definitely like the first half hour of the movie is just one night and like the next day, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, yeah, and then it picks up base a little bit, and then uh, war breaks out, and then five years go by. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, basically they they sort of 
they're sort of forced uh, into living together for a day, and then they I then think he, it's a couple of days. Yeah, but uh, he's he gets used to her around, right. and then they really fall in yeah, love. Yeah, when the cops show up, she's like cutting his hair. Yeah, but yeah, then they sort of really they really fall in love. And just as in when they decide to, like, get married for real, then war breaks out. Yep. And Chico and his co-worker and friend, they gotta go off to war. Yep. And then, and then the next of them, uh, it's, I, this movie really, it took a turn. I did not expect this to become, like, a war drum. It was just no, this small yeah, little, I, well, like, it, chamber piece. You know, right. just a couple uh, kids getting by in their, you know, uh, penthouse apartment. <laughs> When we paused the movie, it was almost exactly an hour through, uh-huh. and they had just like decided they were going to get married. Basically, yeah. he had just bought her the wedding dress, and uh, and we pa- and we had to pause for something, and and there was still an hour left, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no, something really bad is going to happen to these nice kids. There's yeah. still an hour of this movie, and even then, I did not expect it to be World War One. Yeah, because I had no idea when this movie took place. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. Then they they go to war, and for an hour, forty five minutes, something like that. It's really just back and forth. What's happening with these guys while they're apart? Yeah. Uh, every day at eleven, they they talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. They they hold their uh, religious medals that the priest had given them, which is mm-hmm. what they used to to get married yeah, before he left married. for war. Yeah. They like held religious medals and said vows to each other, basically. Mm-hmm. So they well, there's like a lot of religious themes in this movie. Yeah, this this movie is very overtly uh, religious, which is not really my jam. But I also appreciated, uh, like, even though this movie has an ultimately uh, pro-religious theme, I thought it was really interesting that the main character says explicitly that he is an atheist yeah. at the beginning of the movie. I don't think that it was very common at that time. No, even though not. he's later, you know is shown the error of his ways. Right. But I, I did think that was uh, kind of daring. And like, you know, God does make him blind. Yeah. To be fair. But he also brings him home from the war when everybody thought he was dead. Yeah, the the ending of this movie is really weird because... It is weird. Uh, you see, you basically see him die. Right. And then all of his friends... Although I did say in that shot, I'm like, did he go blind? Because that's the way the kid acts it. Yeah. Uh, but like, you see all of his friends basically come back from the war, uh, like missing some parts, but they're all fine. Right. Uh, and they all come convene in the apartment and like console, uh, Diane. And then just out of literally out of nowhere, uh, Chico's just like running Running through these crowds, trying to get to the apartment. And it feels a little, I mean, you want that happy ending, but it does feel a little like tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It, It feels like, like his test group ending, yeah, almost a bit. like you know, yeah. Like, it, fe- it felt like the real ending was like two minutes ago, right? Like, uh, yeah, like he died and she and she renounced God mm. and went to live with with this jerk. Well, yeah, because there's the colonel or whoever. Which why isn't he at the war? What the hell is his job? Um, he's part of the the gentry. He's part of the uh, the rich people who get to uh, run the war from home. You know, rude. I know, it sucks. But like he he's like going to her workplace and like hitting on her, and it's like everything is topsy turvy. The world is gonna end. The old rules don't matter. Yeah, so you <laughs> might as well get with me and forget your husband. Basically. Exactly. Yep. And she's like, no, not into it. <laughs> Yeah. Um. And like he literally shows up at her apartment, you know, because he has the the telegram or whatever it is. It's the mm-hmm. list of people who have been killed, and Chico is on it, and he goes to show it to her. And like literally in this conversation, he's like, "It's okay, I'll take care of you from now on." I'm like, "Damn, dude! Like, <laughs> like give her a day at least. Yeah. Like, what the hell is your problem?" Oh, that guy was the worst. He sucks. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically uh, basically the movie. Yeah, the first uh, like half hour of this is like so. There's so much plot, and then just like shit just sort of happens. Like then yeah. you just like see these people's lives for for a half hour or so, and then just like the war, and there's nothing else to say. Yeah, yeah. they're at war. Basically. They're at war. Um. What's interesting about this movie, and mm-hmm. I actually, I, I liked this movie kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, I was surprised how much I liked this one in particular. I, 
Um, I had problems with it, but I, but like, uh, yeah, uh, go on. Um, but before we started watching, I was like, ugh, two hours, because yeah. I thought of every other movie we had watched so far, and I was like, I would not want to watch a single one of those movies for two hours. Yeah. And, uh, but no, but this one this felt fine. It didn't, mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel long yeah no it, it definitely didn't and um i was a little worried i was gonna get so I, we've been getting sleepy through a lot of these silent films yeah i, and think I was that worried about this because just... we watched it early in the day and i didn't get a lot of sleep but right. uh but yeah it, was, it held my attention the whole time mm-hmm. yeah I, I think the only thing i really you know this is this is a thing that still happens to this day where uh, two people will like you know the two romantic leads in a movie will meet and they don't seem to get along that well and they're just sort of pushed next to each other and then it's and then you're supposed to think they're soulmates basically right they uh, like wear each other down yeah. essentially and that does happen in this movie yeah, yeah and and just the the their romance is not really believable before they have to like go off to war and stuff and i don't know that i agree with that um i mean it's it's you certainly don't find that they have such and such things in common but it's yeah. not that kind of that's not the way that they told s- romances in particular at the time no it's true i mean yeah it's um, true it was true very common back in those days you know you just see a cute girl you ask her out uh did you get along once cool you go get married right. uh, you know <laughs> And, like, but this is even more than that. Like, they spend time with each other pretending to be married. Uh, and then, like, you know, when when the cops show up and they're, and she's immediately, you know, because up till that point, he's been all full Dread Pirate Roberts up with her and has been like, you know, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not what he says. But yeah. he's like, you know, once the cops show up, uh, you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not you. You can't stay here after that. But so literally, as soon as the cops show up, she goes and she gets her hat and stuff. Meanwhile, he's like talking to her, like <laughs> about you know what a great I don't know what a great job he did talking to the cops. I'm not really sure. You know, mm-hmm. he's just because he's like a braggart. Yeah. He's like he's a sweet guy, but yeah. he's dumb. He's a braggart. Well, I, you know, and I like, guess what the the but, well, um, what I was gonna say is you know then she's going to leave and she's sad and he's like, wait, no, no, no. He's like, you don't have to leave. He's like, and what he says is. You're not in my way. You yeah. can stay here. Yeah, right. But how, like, how romantic. Yeah, but what? But you know what he no, means yeah, I, is yeah. that he likes her. Uh, no, I I know. Uh, I I feel like maybe the problem with this is that you know that that early relationship type stuff, you know, where you want to see the two people like, you know, realizing that they like each other. You're gonna get a lot of that in dialogue really yeah. in most movies and That's you just a good point. can't get that in the right. silent movies the title cards they do some of the work but it's it, that's really not what they're there for they're really just for the 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 main you know dramatic pieces of dialogue in a scene you know i remember i can't remember what the line was but it was a good like 35 to 40 minutes into the movie that uh, there was a title card that came up and we realized it might have been Diane's first spoken line. Yeah. Like the rest of the time the actress had just been acting with no title cards. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's possible it wasn't the case but both of us noticed it so it it might very well have been her first line. Mm -hmm. She just seemed like a very reactive character. I wonder, too, if part of that was on purpose, because this was a thing I liked about it. Okay. Is uh, Diane's character, you know, she is the waif, and she has her sister who bullies her and pushes her around, mm-hmm. and probably made her a prostitute, is the heavy yeah. heavy impression there. Um, and she certainly she, didn't seem to like it. No. Uh, Diane just doesn't seem to know. She's afraid of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't know how to stand up for herself or to or anything like that. When they go and they move into the apartment, which we want to talk, I want to talk about the apartment yeah, in, yeah. A, in a minute. But um, you know, it's got a little like a. Uh, it's on the top floor of this building. It's and, on the seventh floor. Yeah, and there's um, and there's just like a plank across a street into into uh, another, another apartment right, into their neighbor's apartment. Yeah, basically. and and he would he'll just go over there and get stuff. Uh, and come back, and she's too afraid to do it. And he's right. like, "Come on, it's nothing. You just go 
yeah, I'm not afraid of anything, whatever. Yep. yep. Um, I'm never afraid. Always look up, never look down. Yeah. And and yeah, it's like the 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 biggest thing I, I think for Diane is this relationship teaches her she doesn't need to be afraid of right. everybody. Yep. There's this guy, he's nice to her. He wants to protect yeah, her. Yeah, he likes her. And and she can trust she can trust him and yep. She doesn't mm-hmm. have to be afraid of him or you know yep. anything else. Although I still would not walk over that plank. I mean, oh no, it come looks on. terrifying. Yeah, honestly, I didn't. I would not want to do that either. It does. To be fair, it does look wide enough for feet. Yes, it doesn't look like you know, like you got a tightrope it no. or anything. Uh, I I learned this long ago that I I am conditionally afraid of heights like okay. like uh, going up to an ob- the observation deck of like Empire State Building or something that won't bother me at all. I can look straight down. Uh, and like the Willis Tower, and then when you you know when you yeah, step outside, I can look straight down and go, "This is so cool!" I can jump on it. I don't care because I know I can't fall. I can't do anything. I'm afraid of scenarios where I could cause my uh, my injury. That makes sense. Uh, and so, like I, I when there's no barriers or anything there, that's when I like I get I get more uh, afraid of heights when I'm in like the nosebleed section of like a hockey stadium. Oh yeah. Because I'm because I'm just imagining. Yep, I'll just tumble down these stairs, and then I'll fall through that glass, and then I'll tumble down <laughs> onto the other thing. Then I'll keep tumbling down, and then I'll just keep going until I hit the ice. I actually, it's not as bad in the new one, but I used to be terrified of old Yankee Stadium for exactly mm. that reason. Oh yeah, the, and it can never afford anything so but the skinny, mm-hmm. and I would just be like, I'm, and they were so skinny and so steep, and I would be like, I'm gonna die here. Yeah, I'm just gonna fall down and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I remember uh, years ago, I was at a party uh, with a friend, and we were hanging out uh, on a roof. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, come join me on uh, on this ledge." And he was like sitting on the side of the roof and with his feet like hanging off. And like he was totally comfortable doing. It. I didn't think anything was going to happen to him uh, because he seemed completely sure in his movements. But I could not do it because I'm like, I will fuck this up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust myself in this scenario, and I and uh, yeah, I would never walk across that. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting at here. Yep. Is it's it's so it's real great that she can believe in herself and have courage, but right. like, don't go walking across strange planks <laughs> across city streets when you're seven flights up. They do it all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, everybody in the movie does it. Even the sick wife does it at yeah. the end. Which, but, was she ever sick? We don't know. I mean, she might have just had a cold. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We were convinced she was going to die because she was sitting in a bed in white eating soup. Yeah. But uh, but it's not like those movies fine. where, you know, you see someone cough into a tissue once and then they have tuberculosis and then they die. Exactly. It wasn't that. No. Um, you didn't want to uh, talk but, about... Uh, well, well, just real quick. Oh, I yeah, wanted sure. to get on uh, about uh, Diane's bravery, though. Uh, the best thing about it, you know, because she learns to be brave. She learns to believe in herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her sister shows up in the apartment, like, literally as soon as uh, her husband leaves for war. Mm-hmm. And is like, ha-ha, I've got you again, whatever, because she just, she just sucks. Mm-hmm. And um, she's got, like, a belt because she doesn't have her whip anymore. And is hitting her and choking her. And Diane fights back. And I, yeah. I, yep, and I really wanted her sister to just immediately be like, what? But she doesn't. <laughs> but um, but she just she whips the crap out of her sister. Yeah, she does just, just chase her right yeah, out of the it's house. It's great. Yeah, and it's it's very. I loved it. I, w- mm-hmm. I was glad they let that happen in this yeah. movie. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, like good for her. Yeah. Um. Now, yeah. About uh, Chico's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um. They there's this uh wonderful shot. Probably the most visually interesting thing the movie does yeah. is they enter the this building and then they show Chico and Diane going up these stairs for the first time and the camera just follows them up directly it just like uh, I think the camera was in like an like an especially made like elevator that just kept going up and they just keep going up and yeah, up yeah just and, up and up the spiral stairs and I can't I can't tell if this is some sort of like it, well, it probably is like the fact that it's a seventh floor walk up is you know he's got the cheapest apartment right. because there is no elevator or anything back like that back then, but he's got like such like anyone yeah, huge anyone and, in yeah. New York would pay like thirty five hundred dollars for this apartment yeah, at even, least yeah. e- even without the elevator even, right well, even seventh with floor the seventh walk, floor seventh floor walk up, up yeah. but it, you get uh, two balconies and, yeah. and yeah. roof access yeah. yes please. Um, 
But yeah, it's this amazing shot that just follows them all the way up. I think there's a cut halfway through because uh, the stage was, there was no way that stage was seven stories tall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think they just yeah, built I it twice. Yeah, I feel like you could kind of see it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not, yeah, not quite seamless, but it's still a wonderful uh, effect. It's, yeah, it's a really nice shot. And then it really pays off in the the final moments of the movie when Chico is fighting his way in and then uh, he gets into the building but then you see him start to go up these stairs and and you start thinking like oh you might not wake it like it might be one of those movies where he's like so close like oh it turns out he didn't die but he's gonna yep. die like one minute away from <laughs> from seeing his wife again yep. you know? yeah he's gonna come in and, and his wife is gonna be just kissing this gross colonel <laughs> because he's gonna put his face on her and she's, yeah. and she's too dispirited to do anything about it yeah but uh, that doesn't happen. But you nope. see him go up these stairs again, and it's a wonderful uh, little callback. Yeah, it's great. I love that. There's another uh, movie, uh, Buster Keaton's The Cameraman, I think from the same year. It's another th- sort of thing, but it's played for uh, laughs where like Buster lives on like the top floor of this apartment building, and they have uh, a, a phone for everybody down at the bottom, and his girl is going to call and so he hears and he's just like running racing down the steps uh all the way uh but then he like misses her and so he just walks all the way oh, up but yeah, then it called but it, but it yep. just keeps going back and forth up and down of like four flights of stairs uh, yeah wonderful little uh, i don't know why everyone was obsessed with uh big flights of stairs back in 1928 but uh it was nice it was just fun, I guess, to shoot it with a camera because yeah, because it was like the camera moves through places that cameras can't go. <laughs> yeah, I th- and I think it was probably uh, I I think probably a lot of these studios were fairly new and they just built these new sound stages. Like this, is, we got the biggest stage possible. It's four stories tall. Cool. Let's now build the tallest possible <laughs> thing we can because why not? We can do it. Why not? Um, yeah, this movie uh, this movie is directed by Frank Borzaghi, who. Uh, was he had had uh, somewhat of a long career in silence. Uh, I think he started out directing like some shorter things in like 1915. And so he'd already been like a decade in the industry directing movies at this point. Uh, so he was not a young gun like uh, King Vidor or um, uh, Lewis Milestone. But he's, yeah, and uh, I feel like he definitely, I don't know if he has a style, but he fe- I feel like he, this is a lot more visually, uh, interesting than a lot of movies of this time uh and it's not even that he does a lot of interesting things with the camera it's just that like everything looks nice like this is like just uh like it's it's a a big budget movie movie. the production design is wonderful these apartments are wonderful there's 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 i think there's only two outside outdoor like street sets but they both look amazing yeah uh do they both like feel like you're in paris Mm -hmm. It has uh, that model work when yeah. all, when all the cars are going to the front, mm-hmm. which of course looks fake, but it just but, it, but but it looks it also, great. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, uh, the 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 scenic design of this movie was so convincing to me that like when they went off to war, I think there's just a, a shot of you know like all of, they have all of these soldiers uh, marching down uh, this like garden path in a park like surrounded by trees and it suddenly hit us uh, hit me that like oh yeah they had to shoot this in los angeles <laughs> uh because like it the, i completely forgot that this was you know uh your standard studio movie from the 20s mm-hmm. um yeah i bought i bought into it um wonderfully and and yeah this was uh was really well directed and borzegi i think he would go on to uh to direct a lot more movies a couple other things that were nominated for best picture that the 30s or so i I think he only worked until like the 40s but uh but he was a very talented director um any other things before i move on to the nominations i don't know i well i i yeah, no, I guess I, the only other thoughts I had, you know, I had had some thoughts about the religious theming of the movie, but I feel like we might have covered it. Yeah, um, uh, I did but, have a thought that, like, um, another big theme in this movie is uh, is uh, class structure, class divisions. True. Oh, yeah. With, and, uh, like... With Chico and his comrade. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's, you know, uh, Chico is 
a sewer rat and he dreams of just being the lowest person on earth like he's even lower than because he's literally underground he's lower than everybody yep and And the the guy he works with is literally uh his character name is the rat yeah he like looks like a rat Mm -hmm. and eats like a rat yeah yeah Uh, and even that but you know at the beginning of the movie uh chigo looks down on diane's character and sort of making fun of her like he he's I i feel like he's really just trying to put on he's i feel like it might even be like insecurity like he knows he's nothing and so he's like trying to make fun of this so at least there's one person that's even lower on the uh, on the strata than than he is yeah um and i think this movie visualizes seem to believe it because he keeps looking back at her and like trying to help her out Mm mm-hmm and i think this movie tries to visualize that a lot with I, i think there's a lot of uh it, I think it visualizes class as like uh, you know a vertical system, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of verticality in this movie, like the stairwell, right. they walking up and down it, mm-hmm. and and I think uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, but um, there's the part where he, uh, their neighbor uh, who winds up winds up being his friend, but he's the the other street washer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, literally has lived in, like, one of the apartments across the gangplank, and, like, on, uh, uh, Chico's first day as a street washer. Oh, yeah, he he's comes, like, he comes across, he's like, oh, like, now, well, now that, now that you're working with me, we yeah, can be friends, or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, he's like, I can recognize you as my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck kind of shit is that? Yeah. But then they wind up being friends, Yeah, they so. seem to, yeah, yeah. they seem to work every one. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's it must, wild. it must have been, like, super entrenched in society back then. Yeah. Like, it's hard for us to even, even fathom now, even though we still have a ridiculous class st- uh, structure yeah, in America. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it must have been even worse in Paris in the teens. You right. Know? Yep. But yeah, and that was my only thoughts. Well, oh, oh yeah, yeah the what religious I was going to say about religion. Stuff. Yeah, is like yeah, that's you know, it's it is it's it's definitely it's uh, there. Yeah, it's definitely a a heavy theme, but it's not like a you know a cloying theme. There's mm-hmm. a lot of the movie where it doesn't seem to matter very much, but. Um, but you know it's relevant to their marriage. It's mm-hmm. relevant to uh, to Diane's uh, ability to get out of uh, her situation. You know because she yeah. believes in uh, you know what they refer to as uh, the bon dieu. Yeah. Uh, Good God. Yep. And uh, you know even though she had a shitty life and she was gonna she was gonna kill herself, she mm-hmm. was gonna uh, give up. And he was like, "Don't do it." Well, Why? well, no, he was like, oh, well, "With like, my knife oh, too." Yeah. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's great. Yeah, he doesn't care whether or not she does it. He's like, listen, don't yeah. come at me like this. I helped yeah. you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, all right, but what do you want to kill yourself for? Yeah. And that's how they become friends, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I do think the the religious theme, it is there, but I feel like that one, that one is more... Uh, uh, told rather than shown, you know. I feel like I feel like the movie tries to visualize like the class structure sort yeah. of thing, well, but it's no, mostly just true. characters talking about how they believe or don't believe in God. That's true. Yeah. Um, Except for at the end when you know, yeah, when there's, they reunite there's a, and there's literally a huge shaft yeah, of light comes yeah. in out of the ceiling, and I was like, look, God showed up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Finally, I, God showed I up. I said he ships it. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He ships it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all. That's okay. all. Yeah. Uh, this movie was nominated for five Academy Awards. There were only eight categories that year, so this was this was I feel like the big thing at this year's okay. uh, Oscars. It was nominated uh, for uh, well, Janet Gaynor was nominated for Best Actress, but in that year, uh, you didn't have to specify a movie, and Janet Gaynor was in three movies that year. Okay, so she was kind of she kind of won for all of her performances. Okay, but this is one of them. She's also in Sunrise, which we're gonna watch, mm-hmm. uh, and something else I can't remember that uh, wasn't nominated. Okay, um, this movie was nominated for Best Art Direction, but it lost. I don't know what to what. Um, okay. It's, I'm, we'll on, I'm on we'll a separate out. Yeah, page. that's fine. Uh, uh, Frank Borzaghi uh, won Best Director. Okay. Uh, it's also won Best Writing Adapted Screenplay. Okay. Uh, and it was nominated for Outstanding Picture. Okay. Yeah. I want to, uh, because it wasn't nominated, I want to give a little shout out to Chico. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Charles Farrell is the actor that plays Chico. 
Uh, he's quite good. They're they're both really good. Charles Farrell feels very natural in his yeah. role. Uh, he he has this sort he's of like, like he's a good looking yeah, but like not too good looking kind of guy. <laughs> he's like but he's attractive. Yeah. He's like a big lunk. Yeah, like I I kind of kept seeing like uh like eighty years later he would have been like a like a an airhead surfer guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that sort of, he's got that sort of a presence. Yeah. He's like, apparently. Uh, this movie was such a success uh, that they, uh, he and Janet Gaynor started another. They eventually starred in eleven movies together. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot. So that would have been well into America the sound era. Shipped it. Yeah, they were called. Uh, let's see, where uh, where was this in the Wikipedia page? I don't know uh, who dubbed them this, but according to two sources, they were dubbed America's favorite lovebirds. Oh my! So yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, America shipped it. America did ship it. Yeah. Um, and I did want to, uh, you know, uh, Janet Gaynor won, but I did also want to shout her out because she, she's really good in this movie. There's this one scene, um, halfway through, I, I guess it's, uh, just before, uh, they, like he has to go off to war and they were talking about how they were gonna get married. Right. And, um, I think he's, I, I he's real upset and he, and she's sort of like holding him in her chest and she's sort of giving him like a pep talk like right. it'll be fine you're gonna have courage uh and and you can like see in her face that uh she's like putting on a brave face and, and just every once in a while just like the the sobbing will come through her eyes mm-hmm. you know but it, like it literally like shifts from moment to moment which is like no nah, i got it under control no it's coming again i'm gonna cry no okay i'm good uh, and that was a wonderful performance. That's that the sort of nice. thing you get yeah. in silent movies specifically, where you really had to act with your face. She really did. Uh, I I was actually I was worried because I, I knew going into this that she won Best Actress, and a little bit at the beginning of the movie, I was like, I don't know if I really see it because she's doing a lot of reacting, and she's, uh, you know, the first like half hour right. of the movie, like she's we just said, she doesn't yeah she she's almost has lines, like stone faced yeah. for a lot right. of it. She's like. She's trying not to do yeah, anything because she's, like she's dead so afraid. In her life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but it, it, cl- it clearly was, you know, a character choice, and it quickly, it quickly became clear that it was, yeah. you know, that she was very, very good. And like, then that's part of it too, is that she does both mm-hmm. in this movie, you know, because she does that, uh, you know, the character at the beginning, uh, how she can't feel anything basically mm-hmm. anymore, and then. Uh, and then I was really worried in like the first scene because, you know, her sister uh, beats her up and then sends her to go buy absinthe. <laughs> and then like and there's a scene of her like, you know, she uh, she goes to pawn a watch or something and then is coming back home. And somebody lights a lamp and she looks up at it like, oh, and I was like, oh, is this one of these characters? <laughs> like one of these like dumb dumb waifs you know who uh-huh. like i don't know who just doesn't do anything except look sad and make mm-hmm. you feel bad for her but no she doesn't and, and, and i was relieved by that yeah it's like once she's with chico for like a day or two and kind of realizes that uh even though he's kind of uh tough and mean to her he like he's gonna look after her yeah. she kind of it breaks through her shell a little bit yeah and she becomes more of like a real person yeah and that was very uh, interesting to see him. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just wanted to shout out uh, Goban's mustache. It's <laughs> amazing. It is. It's, it's one of those big walrus jobbies tremendous. where he's got like he's got like an inch long mustache. Yeah. Which my mustache just does not grow that no. long, but it's it's beautiful and and he's very fun. There's also this character who's just like this big jovial man yeah, and their friend who like drives a taxi. Yep. I don't know if I caught his name in um, the movie. I I did and then I lost it. I, I caught something. the name of um, uh, of his car, which is Eloise. Eloise. And he's just a wonderful man. He's got this big top hat. He's like he like steals uh, food for uh, for Diane when uh, Chi goes off to war. Uh, his name uh, is Papa Bull, okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah. And so, or yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And, and he's wonderful. He reminded me of like Orson Welles as Falstaff in Chimes at Midnight. He's just like this big gregarious presence, you know. Yeah, he's yeah, he's fun. Mm-hmm. I liked him. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to. No, that, I mean either. He was great. He is, yeah, he's very nice. Uh, although there's 
uh, part where he gets uh, packed off to war. Yeah, they need a, they need, they need every his car, car in but he Paris. won't get out of it. Yeah. So they just take him in the car. Uh, and then his and then and his then car blow is blown up. up. But he isn't. So it, yeah. that's nice. Although he doesn't show up at the end of the movie. So no, he does. Does he? Yeah. I didn't remember that. He's I was just absolutely about to there say, at the end so of the movie. Hopefully somebody brings him home. No, from the it's war. like everybody's there okay. at the end of the movie, including him. Well, the rat's and, not uh, there. No. Uh, well, isn't the, the sewer rat is the guy who dies in the in like the foxhole with him? Yeah. He's the guy. Right. He, the the sewer rat is the guy who carries Chico to safety and kind yeah, of saves his right. life. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Um. So I yeah, he thought does it was uh, his friend. I thought it was um, you know, Mister S- uh, Streetwasher, because he's the one who lost his arm. That's I thought he no. lost his arm in that segment, but no, it was just before that. Right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and uh, just another thing about like the the themes of class in this movie. Like you you see it just for a brief moment. There's a little a short little scene where uh, someone in their regiment was in charge of like uh, uh, roasting a chicken for the officers, right? And uh, and they sort of do a bait and switch with uh, with a, a log so that uh, all all the uh, all the petty officers could just tear apart this roast chicken, yeah. uh, and that that's a that you know that's just they don't dwell on it, but that's a little thing that like you know uh, the uh, uh, the higher ranked men get this nice dinner while these guys have to just scrounge for anything, right? You exactly. Know, uh, um. So yeah, that's Seventh Heaven. Uh, I I really like this movie. I I think you know it is, it is very much a heightened melodrama. Yeah. And I think some aspects of that date better than others. You know. Right. Uh, I had a, a little the the relationship at the beginning kind of strained credibility for me. You didn't have that problem, but I think this is a very solid movie that I feel like a lot of people could enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I was actually just seeing um, on the interweb, um, in 1995, it says Seventh Heaven was selected for preservation in the United States National Film mm-hmm. Registry by the Library of Congress, so why can't we all watch it? I mean... Huh? huh? At you, government. At you, Library of Congress. I mean, I feel like very often when uh, the film forum gets like a rare print, it's from the Library of Congress. Well, okay, fair. And like, yeah, they, they provide these films for everybody. But I meant everybody, not just the film forum. I mean, there's a beautiful print of this movie. It's available on Blu-ray. It's uh, Is it wonderfully... This one's that one... I thought yeah. you said this one was only available on European Blu-ray. Well, yes, but... Well, that doesn't count. European Blu-ray doesn't count. It should be available in America for Americans if the American Film Registry says that we should watch it. I mean, this movie, uh, their job is to preserve the movie. It's it's uh, it's the onus of uh, Fox Film Corporation, later 20th Century Fox, now Disney, uh, to release this movie. And they released it on a very nice DVD years ago uh, in that big box set, uh, Murnau and Borzaghi at Fox. And now maybe maybe they will, or maybe they'll license it out to somebody else. Um, well, fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, this movie is is wonderfully preserved. It looks great. Yeah, it did look. Uh, good. It's yeah. you know uh, the sources on the racket and the crowd were very iffy. Chang too, really. Uh, and this this is the first one we've watched that looked like really good. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, and a lot of that's I, down I th- to the the quality of the print. Yeah. I think it was during the racket, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure uh, that. It literally looked like even like the title cards, like the light behind them was not bright enough and they would like fade out at the end. I don't know about that. Uh, I, the I thing that I noticed that about the title cards, about the print though, or if that was the title cards on the racket, I noticed they were freeze frames. Like there was, oh, like there was, was only a, maybe it one wasn't good that frame one frame of title card, and so they just uh, froze it rather that, than maybe just, that's uh, not the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. One of the movies that we watched, I noticed that like. Uh, yeah, that like the the I guess the quality of it was so poor, but that was one of the things I would notice was that the title card would come up and you would be able to see it for like a minute and then it would kind of fade away and you wouldn't really be able to read it. So <laughs> hope you got it in that first yeah. five seconds. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I would uh, I think, yeah, this is a movie I think a lot of people 
uh, could enjoy. I think this has appeal beyond just as a silent film relic. You know, I think right. this is a pretty entertaining story. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I would recommend it kind of to people who liked Moulin Rouge. Okay. If you like it for the story and not yeah, for, for the, the fact the that it's batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely stylistically does not have very much in common with Moulin not common. Rouge. But they both have Paris and mm-hmm. and uh, dramatic romance. Yeah. So, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts in particular. Yeah. Uh, leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe to us in your preferred uh, podcast vehicle yeah your your pod catcher of choice pod catcher that's the word i like podcast vehicle i think we should yeah. call them that from now on um uh you can follow us on twitter at nominees pod yeah uh you can email us at nominees pod pod at gmail.com i forget it every time yeah there's there's one thing that's different it's nominees word.podbean.com exactly that is the website you um, can listen to everything on the web there uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Nominees Pod. Although, mm-hmm. honestly, that's not so much for extra content. It's more so because I heard that people find things through Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. we're trying that out. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Um, and thank you for being with us through yeah. this through this continuing 1927 miniseries. Yeah, stay tuned next week for Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. That should be good. That's one that I have. That's the only one I had seen before this, and I saw that years ago. But I, I absolutely loved it. I hope uh, it, uh, it holds up. I hope I like it. I haven't seen it yet. Look forward to that. Uh, That's it from us here. Uh, Keep looking up. Sure. (laughs) Whoops. I'm a remarkable fellow. I almost said that. And I did that with my hand.